Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, where we explore the muse and the music from the North Shore to the South Shore, from New York City to the Hamptons, navigating the wellspring of original music from singer-songwriters and musicians from Long Island, New York. Hi, I'm Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com. Stay tuned as we explore the Long Island Sound. Tune up your mind and pin open your ears. What a great guest on the podcast today. Toby Tobias brings a diversity of musical influences. From his birthplace in South Africa, to his education in Jerusalem, and finally to the shores of America. There is a spirit of joy and the guidance of hope in the music of a man who navigates turbulent waters to bring us to safe harbors. Check out his song, Happy to be Alive. See my life, see my life, see my life in Shanghai. 
I'm really excited about our special guest today. He was born and raised in Johannesburg, South Africa, studied music in Jerusalem, and now calls Long Island his home. Immersing himself in many genres of American music, he never left his roots behind, as you'll experience the rhythms and melodies of his homeland. Toby Tobias is well known around Long Island, as he brings along some of the area's best musicians in his ensemble. He brings truly a spirit of joy and hope to what I call the Long Island Sound. And with that, I say, welcome to the podcast, Toby. Good to have you. Well, Steve, this is really so uh, great to be here. And I really appreciate your uh, asking me to uh, join you this afternoon or this evening. Thank you so much. So I got to tell you a little inside story. I started taking guitar lessons from Mike Nugent, who we both know. Yes. And when Mike goes over his resume, he always mentions you. <laughs> uh, and, and I had not known you. And uh, only recently did I really get into your music, and I was listening to the songs that our audience is going to hear. And I'm, and I'm not kidding you. It raises the hair on my arms now. There's a great sense of joy and hope uh, in your music. And man, if we don't need that right now, I don't know when we need it. Mm. And it's just, it's a real blessing what, what, you've, what you bring to the table and what people are going to hear. So you're my first international guest, oh, so to speak. Wow. So, so well, welcome. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. I, I really ap appreciate that. And uh, just getting to Mike Nugent, yes, definitely. We go back many, many years. Well, not as not as long as some people here on Long Island, but at least 10 years. Uh, he um, recorded and mixed um, my first album, Africa, You oh, Belong really? to Me. And it was a, a an interesting experience for both him and myself. It, was, it took quite a long time, but we finally got it off the ground so and he's played in uh, a number of, of my ensembles with me and uh, we've collaborated on um, quite a few um, things uh, musical uh, experiences so I'm, I've got a, a lot of respect for Mike Nugent so thank you for bringing up his name yeah Mike is one of those guys my experience has been uh, he just adds a certain amount of spice and flavor to everything that he plays with. <laughs> he, he really does right yes I mean, just Yes, he does. He's a, a unique guy. So let's do this. Let's turn back the pages. I'm really interested on uh, how music uh, found you. Uh, you know, was it very early, later in life? Was mm. it in South Africa? How did, how did music find you? When I was 13 years old, a, uh, a boyfriend of my sister came over to our house with his classical guitar. Okay. And he played a piece by um, a Spanish composer, Fernando Sor. Mm -hmm. And I was mesmerized. And then uh, he invited me to see a, a concert at the Classical Guitar Society of Johannesburg. Okay. And after that, I was hooked. And that <laughs> started it? my journey uh, nice. that I've been on for the last, oh, I'd say, you know, 53 years. started wow. playing Amazing. guitar when I was 15. So Amazing. Did, and did you, did you pick up the nylon classical guitar or um, did you go with the... Uh, um, Any other instruments early on? Well, I think after a, a, a certain period of time, I, I studied classical uh, music for about five years. Mm. And then I found a 
Yamaha um, six-string acoustic guitar in the window in a record in a music store in Johannesburg, and that really turned me on to uh, folk music. There was a vibrant folk music uh, scene in Johannesburg. Mm. I remember starting to play in the bars and some small nightclubs when I was 18 years old, and seeing other fantastic musicians play. So I was introduced to uh, acoustic folk music uh, at a really young age, but I only started to play that genre or that style of music when I was about 18. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause it's, um, what, let me ask you this. Did any other musicians in your family, any other influences besides the epiphany of the classical guitarist who came into your life or really just sprung from there? Yes. As a matter of fact, my grandmother, uh, I'm told that she played the triangle in a, a in a, um, an old aged uh, orchestra. But other than um, my grandmother, Esther and myself, not one person in my family from my father or my mother's side ever touched music. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the only one. But it's interesting. You know, you, you know, go ahead, in, I'm sorry. It's interesting that you point that out. But um, one of my sons, uh, his name is Josh. He lives in Baltimore. He has uh, created a wonderful music career for himself down there. Ooh. And uh, both, uh, I have three sons and the other two are big uh, music lovers and it just shows you that whatever you bring into the house is as part of uh, the family upbringing uh, the children will imbibe that and um, take that to either good or, or evil purposes so um, <laughs> what, what, what's interesting it's true because sometimes you never know the influence that you, you have on people and sometimes you can see the, the fruits of that influence and I gotta tell you just this weird story came to my mind I haven't thought about this in years hmm. Um, as thinking about my own family and, you know, the joke is we played the radio, um, <laughs> <laughs> very well, <laughs> but my mom told me a story. Um, now we have something in common. I'm of Polish descent, oh. uh, from, uh, my, uh, great grandparents. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and, uh, my mom, uh, <laughs> my mom knew a little bit of Polish, but she also I said, mom, did you ever play an instrument? She actually handed me a, a, a mandolin that she started playing, which I thought was the coolest thing. And I refurbished it. Nice. Uh, as best I could uh, when I was a teenager, but she played the Glockenspiel, mm, right? Yes, she was. She did okay with it until she had to march in the band with the Glockenspiel, <laughs> and she it was like chewing gum and, <laughs> and walking at the same time. She just that was the end of the Glockenspiel days because the walking kind of. <laughs> they should have put her on a float in the parade or something. She probably would have. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> really jumped from it. So, so you start. With this classical upbringing, you get introduced to folk. When did the songwriting hit you? When did you say, hey, I, I, you know what? I can write some songs. Uh, what happened was that I, um, I left South Africa in 1978. And I okay. moved to Israel. I moved to uh, Jerusalem. And wow. in Jerusalem, I met kids my age from America. <laughs> and uh, that... Uh, and I met my future wife, uh, a tall or a, a curly head, beautiful woman from far Rockaway, Queens. Okay. And uh, anyway, the the American uh, community of of people that I met there introduced me in, in quite a large uh, in in a large way to American music. I got okay. introduced to Steely Dan in the early nineteen eighties. And um, rock and roll in a in a really big way. 
Um, and I, and, and I think it was that influence that really kind of set the tone for me taking up the guitar in a more organized and uh, focused manner. Okay. And so I guess I must have been about, you know, I started to write songs when I was about 20, 21. Okay. And uh, yeah, go ahead. So it became, it became deliberate, I guess, for you at that, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I uh, created this opportunity. For, I, I, I was drawn to the guitar at that point. I was really, uh, I felt um, an, an affinity to play the guitar. And I, um, whatever, whatever knowledge I had about the guitar and about music, I uh, started to use that knowledge and, and, and create melodies. Melodies have always come e very easy for me. Hmm. Uh, you know, I was influenced by, the, by uh, the sounds of the gardeners, the black gardeners outside my house. Uh, wow. who They sang their tunes and whistled their melodies, which they brought with them from hundreds of miles away, um, you know, all the while tending the lawns and gardens of the white middle class. But um, mm -hmm. so those melodies stuck with me for, for yeah, to this day. And I use those melodies in my songs all the time. That's great. And, and um, of all the, the different facets of, of, uh, of how a song is built, a melody comes very, very easy, uh, easy to me. And then, of course, uh, melody is very closely connected to rhythm. Sure. Um, and uh, so then there's that, that beat, that, that African uh, sound that I'm hearing most of the time. And again, that's also incorporated into my music as it, uh, as it stands today. Um, and then in, in uh, 19, 1981, um, there was, uh, I was still living in Jerusalem. Somebody told me about a, 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 a course, a brand new course at the Rubin Academy of Music in Jerusalem that was starting. And it was mm -hmm. a, a four-year degree in uh, jazz composition. Okay. And I went and I um, tried out to get in and they gave me a shot. I met my, okay. I met, and, th and that was the start of five years of, um, or six years actually, of amazing uh, musical knowledge where I met musicians from all over the world, the, the best teachers, the best, um, the most magnificent performances. Uh, one mm -hmm. of the, one of the performances that really sticks out in my mind at, uh, from the Rubin Academy was a, uh, a summer concert by Wynton Marsalis, uh, oh. Herbie Hancock, um, um, Ron Carter, and Tony Williams on drum, an 18-year-old Wynton Marsalis. They played oh. in, my, at the, in, in the concert hall at my academy because they were doing a big concert in Jerusalem or in Israel in, in general, and they came sure. to give a master class to the, to the academy. And oh, people were cool hanging off the rafters to, you know, to watch this. <laughs> it was, it was I got I, I to ask you this. So do you, do you audition for something like that? Uh, do you actually play or is it, uh, you know... Yeah, you had to be nervous. I, I mean, if it's something you really wanted and were intrigued by, you know, how was that day for you? It was bring me back it, to it. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a excellent, uh, beautiful question. Thanks, Steve. Um, it was a very hot day. Obviously, Jerusalem in the summer is extremely hot. Mm -hmm. And I come into this room, and I had never met these um, these these people before. And but um, they gave me a chance to play some of the pieces on my uh, on my 
Yamaha acoustic guitar. Okay. And I guess they saw something in me that uh, th- there was a spark that really wanted to learn music. And I think also they were they were looking for candidates for their for this four year degree. So they were um, <laughs> they were fishing for for bodies. I think um, at, at that time. No, but but uh, seriously, I I um, auditioned and I was accepted. I didn't have good grades in high school, uh, so I had to kind of um, uh, kind of push my way into that into the academy. Um, you know, right, right. On the basis of my my skills, my talents, as well as my determination to uh, to learn more about music. And um, I'll, I'll never forget uh, my my first uh, teacher. The first year in in school at, at music school in in uh, Jerusalem was kind of like a preparatory course on understanding not only the language you had to understand because everything is taught in Hebrew, Ooh, but okay. but also give you a, a a a good basis and foundation of you know the musical language. So mm. um, that first year, my first teacher was an Orthodox Jewish woman from Saint Petersburg, Russia, oh, and if I look back now. This, uh, her name was Dr. Bella Bergina, Bella Bergina, Orthodox woman. She was a, mm-hmm. a, a, a doctor of music and wow. she gave me such a beautiful foundation in, in music that, that no other, uh, influence can even come close to. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. By the way, I just want to make just a side note. Everyone we mention, everyone that Toby mentions, I'm going to put a link in the chapter marks in this episode so you can find out more information about Bella and, and, and the Winter Marsalis and, and kind of maybe see a video and, and, and give you some, some uh, uh, deeper knowledge of, of what maybe Toby was, was experienced. And I, I, you know, I'm just kind of amazed. I believe there are no coincidences, but, mm. uh, you know, uh, God puts people in, in our lives, and, and if we grasp that ring and, and take it. And the other thing I was thinking about as you were telling me that story about having that desire, and I remember being in a, in a church group, and the leader of the band said, you know what, you don't have to be the best at your um, woodshedding your instrument, but if you give me somebody who's got that desire, I can do amazing things. Mm. I can really bring them along and maybe that's the spark that they saw in in your eye and and and, and give you that foundation to to kind of build on definitely hey do you want to i want i do want to talk about this this is going to be a left field thing sure so so coming into the um into the podcast uh, our audience heard happy to be alive now i i played this for the past two days okay and i'm driving home from work today uh, along ocean parkway and I'm listening to it over and over again, trying to figure out, okay, what might be the best song to play in? But another thing struck my mind. You're in South Africa during apartheid, mm. right? Yes. You're in Jerusalem, and now you're in the United States. Yes. And I saw a thread of tumultuous countries or countries with tumultuous periods. I'm not blaming you, Toby. I'm just saying it's interesting that you're in these places now. And I really tied, you know, I tied it to what's happening in America today. I'm not getting political, but it's scary times. And the thread of hope and joy in your music is just very enlightening to me. And that's what kind of really, um, uh, it made me happy. And I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt. I'm just saying, 
man, it's so timely. And I think the others, and I'll let you expand upon this, but I'm thinking uh, stress and sacrifice and turmoil and tragedy is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is hope and happiness and looking to the future. And that's what I think music uh, brings to us. And and thank you for bringing that to me. So I'm curious. I mean, you've been in interesting places, you Mm. know, and interesting experiences. How how has that shaped you and your music? Wow. um, What you've just said is a mouthful, especially when it comes to describing my journey and my Mm. arriving in this this land, you know, this foreign land in a way. Sure. Um, we, bo- we both, well, we all speak the same language, but our cultures and our backgrounds, our ethnicities are so different. And so I mm-hmm. had to kind of learn how to be an American while still retaining my African roots. And I think that happy to be alive is connected to that concept about arriving in America with all the 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 obstacles that I never knew existed, but mm. there were obstacles these last 33 years uh, living here. And, uh, but it touches on a, on a, a kind of a more, uh, a more real um, concept here is that this, um, this f- leaving one tumultuous country after another to arrive here And, you know, I'm also not trying to be political, but the same things that I saw in South Africa and the same things that I saw in Israel exist here in America. And the, the show that I've created with, um, with my co-partner and my, um, my colleague, my musical colleague, his name is John Goldstein. We've created this show called, it's called Journey from Johannesburg. Oh, right. I saw a video of that. Yeah, yeah. you did. Mm-hmm. So I think that really is the connection between, you know, you know what you're talking about is that I'm, I'm, I've left, I'm trying to understand how each time I'm leaving a place where there's so much turmoil, especially, especially related to, um, you know, um, apartheid, uh, to um, segregation. Sure. All three countries are um, have that uh, that about them, and I and I just can't seem to get away from it. And right, but but you know what? Let me let me throw this in. I'm going to interrupt you. And sure, go ahead. No, no, no. Is that I think we need to have a witness like yourself, who's been in another culture, that you can point to and, and say, "Hey, look." Man, this is bubbling up here. Wake up, everybody! You know, let's let's call, let's call it out. And yet, we're going to leave the song to the end, which is "Rise Up." And I'll, I'll, I'll remind me to talk about that and connect the thread back to this, if, if you would, for me. Definitely. But let's do this. Let's take a little break. And when we come back, I really want to talk about how do you immerse yourself in a new culture, yet retain your identity. Yeah. And we'll be back with Toby Tobias. Everybody, hang in there. Are you a singer-songwriter who wants to take your music to the next level and you need some professional musicians and really that expertise to help you along? Well, check out Melts in Your Ears Studio. It's Mike Nugent's studio. If you like what you've heard here today, 
Mike's the guy who can make the connections, put the tracks together, and give you a quality product. Check it out. Hey, everybody. We're back with Toby Tobias. I'm telling you, I don't know where these conversations are going to go, but I'm finding them very interesting. I'm very intrigued, Toby, about your background, where you've been. Just to recap, we spoke about, you know, coming from countries uh, in turmoil and Toby, Toby's music, at least what I've heard so far, has uh, a spirit of joy and hopefulness, which is uh, perfect for our times. So what's interesting to me, Toby, is that you've transitioned from a South African culture to a culture, uh, Israeli culture in Jerusalem to one in the United States. My question is, how do you immerse yourself in a culture yet retain, be true to yourself? Does that make sense? Yes. I think that's a great question. And it's a difficult question to answer just because of the nature of our lives. Mm. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't, I was even saying can't, I, I can't even <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine how, um, difficult it would have been if I was so stubborn as to retain my South Africanness and not accept the Americanisms that, uh, that infiltrated my life. Right. Um, in order for me to be understood at certain points, I would have had, to, I, I had to change the way I said words. Otherwise mm. I'd be on the phone for half an hour speaking in my South African accent and people wouldn't understand me. So even from that angle, I, I, I started to change the way I lived in America, mm. um, how I spoke, how I interacted with people. Um, you know, I uh, brought my kids up on uh, Long Island um, in, in uh, Nassau County. So there's a certain kind of uh, protocol. Like a, like a vibe. Yeah, I guess a vibe that I needed to learn how to be part of, and I did. But I've I've never let go of who I am and where I've come from. Hmm. Um, and I, as I uh, spoke to you, at the, I mentioned at the beginning of our show before we were on, is that even though we speak the same language, we come from different cultures and different backgrounds and and even ethnicities, and it. it um, that informs my life over here. I, I always retain my um, my roots, my uh, my background, my culture, but mm-hmm. I uh, am a very proud and happy American, if that makes sense. I um, I'm, I'm I'm very well um, ensconced in American life here on Long Island or, or Long Island life. Let's put it to you that way. So now that that leads me to assume. <clears throat> that having been through multiple cultures, and I think one of the stumbling blocks I had in business, I traveled to the Far East. I was I knew how to sell to Americans. My biggest concern was not to offend. And to sell in Asia, it's there's something like think things I never would have thought of. I, you don't touch somebody with the left hand. You don't show the bottom of your feet. Wow. Uh, it's offensive. You know, these little things that if I'm an arrogant New Yorker, like, what the hell do I care? It's the bottom of my shoe. We all have, you know, shoe, you know, bottom of our feet and that sort of thing. But I didn't want to offend. And then in the reverse, the reciprocal of that, 
is coming into a culture and getting an assumption of an interaction that might offend you that you have to pause with. You know, you have to pause and go, okay, am I seeing what I'm thinking or is some, there's some other meaning in this interaction? I'll give you an example. Hmm. Uh, I had a good priest friend who was from Ghana. And in Ghana, when they go to church, dress to the nines. I yes. mean, Easter, yes. you know, it's dress to the nines. He came to Babylon and it, everyone looked like they were, like they probably were. As soon as uh, services were over, mass was over, they were going to the beach. So yes. they were dressed for the beach. And he was astounded. I would say mm. astounded and almost offended. Like, and, and that draws, um, an inference to the people of they have no respect or what have you. Okay. Yeah. Now let's take that into music, okay? So now you're switching gears from culture to culture. Yeah. And I want to talk about musically. Yes. Which which is one of the things that's in your EPK, Electronic Press Kit, for those who don't know, that talks about the diversity of music that you embrace, okay? And for me, I'm going to give you my observation. I immediately saw it in the arrangement of your music. That kind of that kind of stood out to me. It I'm like, oh my god, that's Paul Simon's Graceland type of vibe to it, which is a huge compliment, by the way. <laughs> and so that familiarity uh, came into your music. Besides, and then the horns and all that. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I've spoken to other um, singer songwriters who were very good arrangers, and and they put a lot. You know, the arrangement is. Lyrics, yes, certainly. The melody, but the arrangement, man, that just really kind of brings. Anyway, I, I, I'm yapping too much. I'm, no, that's I'm fine. Interested that's... in your take on the diversity that you bring to Long Island to your music, where you are today, and that sort of thing. Okay, well, Steve, I'll be quiet. But, you know, I'm. I think what um, what strikes me in that question is, um, I might have been explaining in the the you know the these previous um these previous sentences with you um how we're all how we're all different how i saw myself as being different from from american okay. or from americans from long islanders got a different accent i come from a different place and sometimes you know whenever i walk into a store i open my mouth and immediately people like turn around like where's this guy from mm. and they'll always say hey oh you're from england that they'll always assume that i'm from england so that British, you know, I, had right. to, I had to kind of correct them I've been correcting Americans for the last 34 years. But, Keep it up. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of correction we need. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, the truth is, is that human beings all over the world are the same. Mm. We all want the same things. We all uh, breathe the same air. We all have the, the, the same blood coursing through our veins. Uh, right. We all want happiness and, and uh, tenderness and sensitivity for our families, for our friends, for our community. And so at the, at the same time as I saw myself as being different, I recognized, and I still recognize, and it's like part of my, my philosophy really on life, if I come to think about it, how we really have to all get together and understand that we're not going to be able to change anything in this world if we don't recognize that we're all the same. And I, um, I just want to, I always quote this, uh, this quote by um, Nelson Mandela uh, in his book, Long Walk to Freedom. He said, no one is born hating another person because of the, his Ooh. background, 
his, uh, his religion or his culture. You have to learn to hate. And if you can learn to hate, well, then you can learn to love. Because love comes much more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. And that has always been my mantra these last many, many years. Um, that no matter where we're from, we can always have differences. Differences of, of political opinion, musical opinion, whatever it is. But at the, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And we can all sit down and at least talk to each other and understand where that person is coming from. Even the person who, for whatever reason, doesn't like me and doesn't like my views or my political intentions, whatever that, that might be. But if, I, if, if he heard me and if I heard him and understood him, I'm certain that after a half-hour conversation, we would be good friends, that we would understand right. each other. That, that everything comes from something that took place in, in, in a person's background to make him or her the way he or she is. So right. let's understand that and get over that, that hurdle and rise up throughout the world and, and, and grab the hand of your, uh, your brother and, and put your arm around your sister and say, we're all, we're all one. We, we can all do this together. That, right. that is... The, the, um, my, my credo that I've lived with and I continue to live with to this day. I tell you, I have, I have a confession to make because, you know, in speaking about this and considering what's happened politically over the past number of years here in the United States, there's a great divide. It's there. We see it in our discourse between our politicians. We see it in our families. Hmm. I think it got exasperated uh, during covid um, for a lot of reasons. And, and my confession is this, is that if I had a real difference of opinion with somebody that I've labeled as, man, they're off their rocker, you know, they're fascist, they're this, they're that, I maybe intentionally uh, isolated myself from those people, let's say, which is a horrible thing to say, mm. those people, mm -hmm. right? So I'm calling myself out. And uh I think we can only change the things that we can change, and it's got to start internally uh -huh. right, in the light that we put out there. Mm. And I get in my soapbox every once in a while, maybe, you know, I don't know. But I, I think about that, and I have to change my perspective. I have to look at exactly what you said. I see that light in someone else. They want that they want joy and happiness uh, and, and prosperity in, in different ways, but we all kind of want the same thing. But we have to, um, you know, rise up and have these kind of conversations. Mm. Uh, and that's mm. the struggle. You know, that's, that's the struggle. But that's the conversations that I think music brings to us in subtle and strong ways, yes. depending on what you're listening to. And exactly. to, hear, to hear a song that might remind me, and it could be the melody in the song, but the theme of the song of, yeah, I'm going to approach my brother-in-law who uh, I may have difficulty with, but he probably wants the same thing. I want. Mm. And we're not going to talk politics, but let's talk about what we have in common yeah. and have a common ground starting point. Um, so that's my confession for, for, for today's episode. <laughs> uh, it happens every once in a while, but um, yeah, um, I, I honestly believe that. Um, well, he, let me just take a step back and say, sure. There, there are people that I 
cannot listen to or that I cannot talk to. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, a, you know, this... Altruistic, well, yeah. Well, I am altruistic to, to a fault, actually. Okay. Um, uh, which is, which is, is not a, a really good thing in, in today's world because people mm-hmm. take advantage of that. Um, but I, I, there, there, there are certain people who create obstacles for me, okay. especially loud people mm. and people who are not considerate of, of, of me and my time and, uh, and, and of, of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there, there are people that I will not, um, engage with you, no, no matter what their political persuasion is. I follow you. There's a, um, yeah. um, and, and there's, there are a lot of loud people in this world. And I think that if people, when I say loud, I think it's that they're continuously talking and they're not listening. Mm. And I recognize those people so quickly. And the way I recognize it. And I, I hope you don't mind me diverging a little bit. Um, no, please. Is that I often start a conversation by saying, "How are you doing? And how is your family? Mm. How is how are your children?" And they'll talk for the next ten or fifteen minutes on that subject, their children, this, that, and they won't ask me how my children are. Right. They won't reciprocate. They won't reciprocate. Yeah. And I, I find that. You know, I understand that people like to talk about themselves. They want other people to hear what they've got to say. But if you haven't got that that inner sensibility to continue the conversation to me as well, mm-hmm. if you're only if I'm only there to listen to you, so I do it kind of like as a test. How your how are your children? How's your family? And within three or four minutes, I know that that person is not going to ask me how my family is doing. And I know that that's a person who, for that moment in time, I do not want to be a part of his or her life. Does that right. sound? No, no, is, no. Is that it's, stingy? It, is that greedy? No, is no, it, no. I, I think it, it's there's a litmus test aspect to it. Mm. I think also, um, and I'm guilty of this, and I'm in sales, right? <laughs> so a good salesperson is generally a good right. listener. Mm. I tend to think I am, but I'm not a good listener because sometimes I'm, I'm, I rush to judgment of answering something before somebody completes their sentence. Yes. Horribly rude. And mm. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny is when I, when I edit uh, the podcast, you know, I listen, you listen to the ticks and the, the artifacts that you want to take out. And then you listen, Oh gee, I jumped on, on his statement or this or that. Man, if we could do that, if I had a recorder when I was live to reel back the words I wish I never said, that would be a, <laughs> that'd be a great time. But let's let's talk about this. Let's sure. um, let's talk about arrangement because yeah. that kind of jumped out of the three songs that I, I listened to. That really kind of jumped out yeah. at me and gave a great fullness and diversity of texture to your music. Yeah, uh, and and. I would say the horn section, and I'm believe me, I'm, I I don't have the uh, the chops and the foundation that you have in music, but what I heard was your lyrics and then a conversation with the horns. Hmm. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense, you know. Uh, and I thought I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. Well, um, l- let me just tell you a, a story about um, about the horns, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. When I I, I did a 
a country, a cross-country trip with um, with my with my story journey from Johannesburg in 2018. Ooh. And it's always been my dream to have a, a working band or, or a, a complete band. And when I came back uh, from that trip, I met my my current uh, guitar player. His name is fantastic musician. His name is Bill Titus. Have you heard of Bill? I have not. Mm, he's he's a really talented, excellent musician. Um, okay, and he's always working because he, you know, he, everyone's looking for him to uh, add to to their uh, music. And I'm mm-hmm. so honored that he, uh, you know took it upon himself to come in and learn my music and together we built uh we built a band nice. and he um he sent he sent me to talk to a, a sax player down in Oceanside his name is uh, or his name was Chris Laybourne mm. and Chris uh, his name was Crispy Chicken they used to call him okay. he, obviously I didn't uh, I didn't know him so this was the end of 2018 he said Go speak to Chris and talk to him about uh, horns and who he can bring in to help you out in your in your music. This is what Bill said to me. Mm. So I went to uh, visit um, this amazing guy, Chris Laybourne, who tragically passed away last year mm. um, from cancer. Uh, just a hugely talented sax player, um, um, sound engineer, and mentor to many, many different uh, uh, sax players and mm. musicians in, in general. Anyway, I sat, I was sitting down with him and I was, I had just met him and I just started to feel this affinity towards him and he started to talk to me. I started to ask him questions about the, the music business because I hadn't, I hadn't really been in the music business for that long. Mm-hmm. And he, I had, just in a, in, in a matter of like an hour, he gave me so much knowledge about like, practical things about how to be a band leader, how to, how to be an mm. effective arranger, how, how to choose the right people, how to not take, um, uh, what's another word for, how to not take junk from people right. and, and really be, be committed to what you're doing. And sometimes people will take advantage of you, especially if it's an original music. Anyway, mm. he introduced me to this young uh, band leader, arranger, horn player. His name is Damien Pacheco. Okay. He, he invited him into his studio that day that I was there. And what has transpired these last four years is that uh, Damien, along with uh, Chris at the time, put together a, um, a horn section for, uh, for me of some of Long Island's most magnificent horn players. Mm. And so I'm so grateful and, and indebted to, to Chris and to Damien who is who arranged all the the horn who, who arranged the horn section so what would happen is that Damien would come here to my uh, studio we'd take out my songs let's say there're like 20 songs and mm-hmm. i had certain um melodic ideas that i wanted Damien to to run with and okay. i'd start singing We'd play the tune, and I'd say at this part, I want something like and then he would harmonize that on his. He's, he's got an amazing ear, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. he would write down these uh, these parts, and we'd bring the band in the next time, and slowly but surely, we built up a repertoire of twenty songs, 
most of which have horn sections in it. And it's a, a collaboration of both Damien's um, horn uh, talents, Bill's mm -hmm. arranging talents, because he's just he, he can just hear things, and then, you know, my songs and my lyrics. But uh, when, when we're coming to this, uh, this three-song EP called Happy to Be Alive, I must give full credit to our sound en engineer, editor, and producer. Mm. His name is Chris Fasulo, um, and he is an, an excellent, excellent sound engineer. And the, most of the, well, of course, the, the sound that you're hearing is, you know, it, it's a, the, these are good songs, I, I, um, I, I'd like to think, but they were made so much better by his musical production, by Chris's musical production. Right. Yeah. You know what, what's interesting? What came to mind as I'm listening to this arrangement, what came to mind for me uh, is uh, Van Morrison, the way he brings... Uh, and he's he's a, a, a brass player as well as a guitarist, yeah. and and he brings that in, and that you'll hear him scat uh, melodies as well, and that that just kind of jumped into my mind as I'm listening to your stuff, you know, Paul Simon. If I took Paul Simon and and you know, and, and combined the two, this this I'm hearing these textures in it, and that's what mm. I found so kind of cool, and I th I think our our audience will. So let's do this. Let's yeah. tell me a little bit about. Our next song, "Better Days," uh, um, how that came about, and and then let's like let, let, they've heard me talk enough. Let's hear your music after you give me a little information sure. about that. Well, again, about. you know, "Better Days" uh, lays into the, the 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 whole framework of um, don't be fooled by what you hear in the news. Mm. Um, there, there's still a lot of really great people out there. There's a lot of great things that are happening in, in our world and that we should all listen and, and um, because better days are coming. It's, a, uh, it's an anthem of, um, of, of understanding that we, we are not only living live, our lives through the, the eye of the media, that we should be able to make up our own minds about how we want to live our lives. And mm -hmm. that we should be listening to each other rather than listening uh, than watching the TV or, or watching the uh, you know being influenced by what we see or hear on the internet. Right. Um, the, the, a, the the filter of 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 the twenty four seven news cycles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Social media as well is uh, is, is a great. Um, yeah, we can mind. get we can get stuck in that rut and yeah. uh, and yeah. only tune into those things. So that's, All right, let's. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Yeah. That's no, that. No, no, no. that uh, that's the premise of uh, of better days. That um, that better days are still coming. That we're we should be helping each other and loving each other. Basically, that's the the premise of of that song. <laughs> Great. All right, everybody. Let's have a listen to better days, and we'll be right back after the song. Yeah, yeah, la 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 le. Yeah, yeah, la 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 le.
I'll sing this song cause I want everyone to hear That peace and love in this world is rendering in So don't be fooled by what you read in the news Just make up your mind you've been given All the clues Love your fellow man every day And if you see me walking along the way Just look at me and smile, you'll know what to say Time will come when we all will understand Our time on earth is short and we gotta take a stand Love your fellow man every day The world is moving in a new direction So take the time and get used to this new vibration The light of the sun will shine upon you It's reflection I wish you all the love in better days Everybody, we're back with Toby Tobias. Toby, what I really found there's a lot of interesting things about your song. What was really cool was how you started off with the vocals. Tell me how that came about. Yeah, um, "Better Days" was one of the songs that I um, was was not going to do on for for this particular EP. But since I hadn't, re- I wrote it many years ago, maybe ten years ago, and I okay. decided, well, it's the time. The time was to bring it. Uh, you know, to let people hear hear it um, better. Um, the the all the vocals are, um, you know, I'm I'm the only one singing the vocals on on the recording, just overdubbing. Right. And that was kind of I've I've always enjoyed um, harmonies, vocal harmonies, um, really mm. dense, thick vocal harmonies, and I think that also is a throwback from when I grew up in South Africa. Right, the, the, right. the black gospel choirs that uh, you know the Ladysmith Black Mambazo type of um, of uh, choral harmonies, 
And mm. there, there, there wasn't much harmon, harmonizing on that particular t- tune. So I said to Chris, listen, I, I've got this idea. Let me just put down uh, a part of the song right at the beginning and let me harmonize. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was like three or four parts on that. And he said, yeah, you know, why not? Because you know, that's, where the, that's where the art really starts, where you just come up with different ideas, different improvisations, and there's going to be something that, that clicks and that can be put onto the, the song. And so I did it, and he said, well, that's really neat. Um, let me, you know, um, clean it up a bit and make it sound good. And uh, he, he called me a couple of days and he said, take a listen to this. And I was blown away. And it was really now the cool. key. The key with that now is now when you go to play that live, is how do you duplicate that yeah, live? That's true. Right? How, how do you find somebody that can harmonize with you? And that that uh, is key. To yeah, it, that right? is true. I never thought about that. That is. Uh, I, sh- I guess I should have. That's that, that's why you talk to podcast hosts so we can <laughs> bring you to reality and kind of help you out. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to think about that because it doesn't really start that way. Right. It, right. Um, it starts uh, in, in, a, in a more rhythmic manner with uh, drums and uh, guitar. As you can hear, just after that harmonic, uh, the, that vocal harmonization, then it comes the, 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 the drum and the guitar pretty soon thereafter. Right, so that's right. the, really the way the song starts. Um, I tell you, I feel like I'm cheating myself. Like I want to have you on two, two or three more episodes because huh. I think there's so much we – no, seriously – that, that we, we, we need to talk about. But I do want to cover this. Let's talk about what you have coming up. Sure. Uh, some some of the events that you come up. I think you have something at, at uh, well, you, you let me know. Yeah. Let um, us know. Th- there's one event that is really close to my heart that is coming up uh, quite soon. And it's it, it's been a very difficult event to put together. I'm, I'm the host and presenter as well as a performer at a, a brand new um music festival here in Huntington on Manor Road. Mm. It's, at, uh, okay. it's called the Manor Farm Global Music Festival. I have um, between four to six bands who are coming to play on August the 21st. Okay, great. From noon till seven. Um, there have been some difficulties uh, with the town and with the bands and getting all the documentation mm. uh, necessary in order for this thing to take place, but I'm very confident and holding um, thumbs and praying that this is actually going to take place because we need to hear music from other parts of the world on Long Island. We need to hear what other cultures are doing, what other uh, people are doing. There's too much. I don't want to say this, but I think I'm going to, if you want to cut it out, you're more than welcome, but there's too much white music playing, being played here on Long Island. There's not Mm -hmm. enough diversity. People hate that word diversity. But, it, but that's what makes our country click. You know, there are yeah. people, there are cultures from, from all over the world here. Why are we, why are we so, uh, you know, centric to, to, our, to what we grew up listening to? Right, um, right. And, and you know, as, as an older man, I agree with you because there is that tendency to reminisce. Uh, that's why it's, it's the, the time of the tribute band. It's all reminiscing. And that can kind of block out your um, bandwidth for mm-hmm. other music. Even my daughter Faith told me, she said, Dad, you know, there's a big Latin culture here on Long Island. Oh, yeah. She says, yeah, you've, you've got to find some Latin musicians. Yeah. And even early on in my podcast, I had Rory Kelly tell me, hey, you had no gals on the uh, mm. on your podcast. I'm like, you know, I, I, I wasn't thinking. 
you know? And you know what? It just enriched me. Both Debbie and I found music that I never would have been introduced to. And that's yeah. my hope for this podcast, yeah. is to get that exposure to say, hey, you know what? Broaden your horizons, people. You know, yeah. Instead of turning on the radio or turning on satellite TV, put on a podcast that's going to have these conversations and introduce you uh, to other music. And I don't know, I, f- I feel like I've grown from it, really. It's sure. just I've got a great appreciation. So you've got, you've got the Manor Farm. So that's on, uh, the, on the 21st. 21st, 21st, 21st of, of August. In Huntington. So this, this podcast will definitely be out before then. Yes. Um, so we'll, we're happy to promote that. Thank you. And, sure. and then on the 22nd, it's a Monday night, I'm recording a video version of my song, Happy to be Alive. And uh, um, the, uh, if any of your listeners would like to join us, we need uh, backup dancers and uh, people who are just going to enjoy the song. And we're performing it at a really cool nightclub in Huntington called Industry. Oh, yeah. I know Industry. It well. yeah. That is a really cool place. Uh, it, it's going to be on uh, August the 22nd. That's a Monday night. And we're meeting at 6.30. And we're going to start the video recording at seven i've got an amazing videographer who's coming to record the song we've so we've got about 30 people coming and we can we can do with another 20 more to make it a really vibrant event do you have any 60 year old gray-haired guys very handsome with goatees in it yet no but we would love some of them okay all right i'm available i'll make myself available <laughs> yeah know, come on if over it's important it would be great to sure. see you there <laughs> and and then uh the the one of the big shows of our of our summer, playing original music here on Long Island, is on the twenty sixth. We uh, are playing. We're very happy to play at an event on in Northport called Happenings on Main Street, and that's oh, on great. Friday, August the twenty sixth. We start at seven p.m. We go to about eight thirty, and it's going to be my full nine piece band playing at the Gazebo in Northport oh, Harbor great. Park. Great. Um, and it's just a really cool event. Everyone sits out with uh, with their chairs and their uh, picnic baskets. And if the weather is good, there's no better place to be than Northport Harbor Park on a Friday night. It's really very North So what we'll do in, in the chapter marks, we'll have all the web links for all these uh, events so people can uh, jump to it. Sure. And uh, it, 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 it sounds like something that's great. Hey, I want to talk about this. There's just, oh, we, we talk. There, no, go ahead. There, I'm sorry. There's just one uh, more event that I would like to, to let people know sure. about. And it, uh, it, it it's a journey from Johannesburg event, which I'm playing at the Congregation of Light in um, in Huntington. It's on, um, on Pulaski Road. It's going to be uh, a show for Journey from Johannesburg at the Gathering of Light in Interspiritual Leadership on Pulaski Road in Huntington. It starts at 12 noon. It will finish around 2 o'clock. And you can find more information about that show on my website. Uh, we would love to see people uh, come and in, enjoy the music and the, the, the visual slides and the, and the narrative that I tell people about. It's a story about my life. And uh, come and join in. So that's a, a show that's taking place on October the 22nd. Sounds great. Now, I want to jump into, we had a, um, a sidebar about our final song called Rise Up. Mm. And my impression of the title was, gee, this sounds like a revolutionary type of 
battle cry, mm. rise up. And yet, in listening to it, to me, it is rising up to the occasion to engage in conversation and building mm. bridges. I love that. That's, that's, that, that's, that's my impression of it. So titles can be misconceiving yes. uh, uh, from first glance, but then as, as you listen to the message or one of the messages that at least I'm grasping from what I'm hearing, uh, it's, it talks about rising up to these conversations and which I'm guilty of uh, in a country in the United States where we're seeing so much division, it's very easy, I think, for us to dismiss people as other mm. and not to um, love the other for whom they are and and get beyond some things and have conversations. So, wow, that's beautiful. I'll so second let's, all. Let's, let's talk about how that came about, and then we'll listen to the song. Well, you know, again, I think... I'm not quite sure what the inspiration for that song was, but it, I wrote it, I think, in 2020. Okay. During the time of uh, COVID, time of turmoil in America. And I just thought, I've got to get this message out there where we have to listen to each other. We have to learn how to speak to each other, how to uh, connect with each other. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thought a lot about my black brothers and sisters here in America, how we are so alienated from, uh, from that group of people. Uh, at least I am. I'm, I don't want to mm -hmm. point fingers at anyone else. And how we, we don't really know about each other's lives. Um, and I think that it impressed upon me the need to, for me, let people know how important it is uh, to embrace all people and to learn about all people so that we can further understand what it means to, to live in America being that type of person. And you'll never mm. know until you go and speak to the, those people and, and learn how to uh, learn from him or her about what it's like to, to live in America being that type of person. Um, and I think that was the, the real impetus and, and the, uh, the, the, um, the background for that song. Great. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a listen to Rise Up. Fighting for their 
you got one more battle Cause the war's not won Rise up, little baby, rise up And I'll show you how You gotta hold the hand of your brother You gotta love your sister One day she'll be a mother Rise up, little baby, rise up The time is now Everybody, we're back. Let me tell you, Rise Up is a song for our times, and I'm going to listen to it a lot because I need I need its lessons to kind of uh, hit hit me more. <laughs> you know, thanks. I always need, I think we all need to improve, but um, this will be a good reminder for me. And I really thank you for for sharing that with me. Thank so, you. Steve. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming up. I can't wait to meet you in person. Thank you. Uh, and thank Mike Nugent for uh, introducing us. I really appreciate that. And uh, I end my podcast often with this. And I, uh, my good friend Bob told me this. He said, Steve, you know, we can account for what we have in our bank, some things that we own. We can never account for the time we have left here on earth. And the fact that you gave me your time uh, and your music and conversation to share for this past hour or so uh, is a true blessing. And, and I, I really thank you for that. All right. Thank and, you uh, so much. I can't wait to have you come back because we're definitely going to revisit this in the fall because we've got, I think, a lot to talk about mm -hmm. that we haven't even touched on. And I look forward to uh, having that conversation. So uh, thanks. Thanks, Toby. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the, the time. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. 
please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Until next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.